Hello, and welcome back to True Crime Guys Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Andy. What's up, Andy? Not a lot, man. I'm having a pretty good day so far. (laughs) Right on. Well, guys, we are back from our long uh, summer break, three-month summer break. Last week was our first episode back, uh, our episode on Tony Alamo and his uh, crazy cult. If you guys aren't aware, Tony and Susan Alamo... Um, I mean, they were kind of like the ones, like I said, Jesus freaks. He you really was, uh, just need to listen to it. He honestly. definitely really personified the. It was like Jim Jones light. He, Jim he Jones was. Light. He was like That's the. He was like the wish version. It's like the wish version of Jim Jones. Mm-hmm. It's like wish app Jim Jones. There we go. Yeah, Team, exactly. What's the new app? Timu or something like that. I keep using ads for Timu or something like that. Timu. It's like it's it's basically wish.com and I feel like Oh, whole, that's right. I've seen this shopping. Yeah, it's, it's a like shopping a whole generation site, right? is like doesn't know what it's wish.com is anymore. Shop like a billionaire. And now they're just getting fed the same bullshit again. <laughs> they just change. <laughs> we all saw this. It was wish.com. That's right. Well, you know, TikTok was musically when it first came out and everybody's like, "Oh, this app is creepy. This app does this and that." And they're like, "Oh, no, no, no. This this is TikTok." Yes. Oh. Everything just gets remarketed eventually. Oh. Everything just comes right cool. back around. They're like, "No, it's not cool." Well, that's what right. if we put this sticker on yeah, it. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> oh, okay. You slap some flames on it. I see. I see. Yeah, now I like it. Now well, I, like I like it. it. That's right. But uh, guys, thanks for joining us today. You can join us on YouTube uh, for every free True Crime Guys episode. And if you are already, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when every new episode comes out. Uh, that'll be every Wednesday. Uh, but every fourth Wednesday, we will be only on Patreon. We will have a video format for that episode as well, but it will only be available on Patreon. And instead, we'll be here on the free platform with headlines and shenanigans. So still fun. Still a good time. Uh, we'll probably do video for headlines and shenanigans as well, right? Oh, why, yeah. Why not? Yeah. But, why not? But if you're looking for that um, real TCG content, that's, that's members right. only, baby. That'll really? be on Patreon one week out of the month, as it's always been for TCG. Uh, I want to thank you, patrons. Speaking of, patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. Uh, if you guys want to join, you can. There's a link right below the description of this episode. We appreciate it very much. It is the wheels. It is what helps run this podcast, keeps us in business. But I want to thank our current patrons and listeners uh, for all of our support now and through the break. Everyone who has stuck on through the changes, uh, for, through Lauren leaving and Andy coming on and us you know, redoing shows and reformatting and all this crazy stuff that we have going on. We appreciate it very much, guys. Uh, speaking of changes, Sandu Proper is now on the YouTube channel as well. Every single Monday, you can catch myself uh, explaining some strange and unusual case to you. The first one dropped on September 4th. And like I said, every Monday, those videos will come out. They'll be more of a short form audio. We've kind of done away with the end of the Sandu show where either me or my wife or me and Lauren or I would just discuss you know, my thoughts. Or Of course, obviously, we don't have the Lauren synopsis anymore. Um, so it's just the bulk of it, but it is in video form with pictures and it's a little more informative in my opinion. Mm-hmm. looks very professional, Michael. Looks oh, like you've you really put much. some time into this. I, I have, I have, believe me. Uh, let's see what else. Also, Sandu Stories. You can catch uh, the first season of Sandu Stories on the free platform. If you're looking for something completely different, maybe something to, uh, you know, just occupy some time, make, fill in some road, some uh, time on your road or whatever it is, Sandu Stories is a great way to do that, guys. It is something completely different from what we do here on True Crime Guys. Typically, it is a full uh, audio theater podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? Audio we, drama. We write our own scripts, guys. We, we are All the parts are either played by us or our family or relatives. Lauren has played many parts for us. Uh, my, my dad has even played parts. My children have played parts on Sandu Stories. It's a family affair. Uh, friends of friends. 
Uh, we've had all types of cool guest spots. Leroy Luna has been on Sandu Stories. So we have a good time over there, and we have a lot more Sandu Stories on Patreon for you as well. So I think we have the first 10 episodes, or not our first 10 episodes, but it's the 10 episodes of season one that yeah. we chose. Um, so yeah, you guys can check that out on the free platform and hear all of the Sandu Stories on Patreon. Um, also, as well as the Vault episodes. If you're wondering where episodes 1 through 50 are, they are in the TCG Vault, and we will let you guys know when new episodes are added. All right, so today, let's get into it. We are talking about the 12 tribes, the religious chameleon that goes by more names than Frank Avignal, Andy. No joke. Really? I was like... That's right. A lot of like, names. We have 12 tribes to cover? This is a long episode. <laughs> That was the first not, thing not, I saw. Not that. Exactly. When not I saw exactly. the script for today. I was just like, I know. 12? Oh my oh, God. This is at least going to be a three parter. It's like a 12 parter? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about the Vine Christian Community Church. Or you may know them as the Northeast Kingdom Community Church. The no? AKA? The, the AKA? Doesn't ring a bell? No. <laughs> doesn't ring a bell. Uh, how about the uh, Messianic Communities? No. no. No, no, I gotta say, you're, I feel like you're reading down like a wrestler call sheet where they're like, okay, Community <laughs> Apostolic Order. Please tell me you've heard of them. Oh my God, no! God, <laughs> I need to get out more. Apparently. You really do, Andy. Well, whatever you want to call them, they're the subject of today's show, and that's what we're about to get into. So let's roll the intro. Oh please! These people, their only crime was to be idealistic, right? It's all about um, growing your own food, living in peace and harmony, um, and looking after one another, your brothers and sisters, right? Hey, are you undecided? I've got a place for you. guys so let's get into it so what we know today as the 12 tribes cult was founded by former high school guidance counselor gene spriggs i kind of like that last name spriggs hey spriggs 
It just, I don't know. He sounds like he would be like a good ball player or something. Is Briggs pitching today? Because if it is, he's got guy's lights out. I'm I telling just, you. I just love the idea that it was a high school guidance counselor because it's like, so he's always asking kids, like, so where do you, what do you want to do when you get out of here? It's like finally some kid was like, what do you want to do, Mr. Spriggs? <sighs> Whoa. I can do anything. No, no one's ever asked me that. Before. No one's ever asked me that. That also really plays, that really gives some insight into uh, why he focused on young people, young teenagers. That and was whatnot. where his, his, his More impressionable age, right? That was and, his background. Yeah, it's a good it's a good time to uh, pick somebody up for a cult. But back in 1972, during the Groovy Jesus Movement in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's when this was founded, they claim that all their recre- that they claim that they're all about recreating the first century church vibe from the Book of Acts, uh, hence the current name Twelve Tribes, which they borrowed from the Apostle Paul himself. Uh, it comes from the Bible. It's Acts 26-7 to be exact. Uh, Andy, would you like to read that for us? Yeah, I remember this. It's our 12 tribes hope <laughs> to attain that hope to attain to that promise as they fervently worship God and God day and night. Uh-huh. And on account of this, hope I am I am accused by Jews, O King. I mean, right. definitely that's the, the King James version. I'm definitely guessing that's King James in yeah. there. Yeah. So basically Yes, they are. They are recreating the twelve chosen tribes uh, of Jesus. Like the, the twelve tribes of Israel, I believe, is what they were. Right. Yeah, it's like the right. twelve tribes of Israel. So, what do they believe exactly? Now, that is the question of the day. Well, it's kind of a casserole, really, of Christian fundamentalism. Okay, with Hebrew roots, uh, Messianic Judaism, and the Sacred Name movement. But here's the funny part. They believe that everyone else is full of shit and just can't be trusted. And they got it all figured out. Does that sound like any other religion? I don't think doesn't, so. It doesn't, doesn't ring any bells. No. No. Not, not ringing any bells so uh-uh. far. But so basically they're flying solo without attaching themselves to any denomination. So they're a mix of these, but don't attach them to those because, you know, if they want to pull rank and do something crazy, they reserve that right. Because, yeah, it's like, as it a was new a, religion. It was like a weird thing. It's like they weren't, they were. It was like a group of people who were attending a church, right? But then, kind of like that church, the, that group in that church broke off uh-huh. to form their own group. That happens quite often. I, that's so, really, I think, why we have so many denominations today. Those are just the early branchers. Yeah, and that's Those one of, the, <laughs> of Christianity. And that's the one. And one of the reasons they started calling this thing one of the groups is like why they called it a cult too. Is because of like Gene Spriggs. He wasn't an ordained minister. He never became right. an ordained minister. Right. It was never like a, I'm he was going an ordained guidance the... counselor. How dare you? <laughs> he was, I'm accredited. How about that? Yeah, right? I mean, that's even better, I think. Yeah, I'm an accredited cult leader. Uh, but we, to be fair, brace yourselves. There is quite a bit of controversy in this one. Um, these tribe folks have some very strict rules, which I'm sure will make your head spin. For instance, 12 tribes currently has 3,000 members across the U.S., in Europe, South America, and Australia. That's right, they're still going. Their goal is to produce an army of 144,000 male virgins who would prepare the way for Christ's second coming. That is lofty goals when you only have 3,000 members. Yeah, it's like you need 144,000 male virgins. So you got to get a whole, you got to get almost double that amount of right. members. Now, and hopefully they all have males and then nobody's fucking. <laughs> Nobody. Now you now now you see why it's so important to for them to approach the young, mm-hmm. right? They're not even looking for people in their twenty. I mean, yeah, they are. If you want to come and work for them for free, absolutely, they'll take your labor. But they're really trying to get these teenagers, 
these people who haven't started life yet don't know what they're going to do with life and basically want someone to tell them what to do. Oh, yeah. And there is an ungodly amount of people out there. Oh, that's no pun a, intended. They uh, they've definitely hit the. They have their demographic of like target market. It's always yes. like where where was your facility located? Ah, all, right, right down the street from a college campus. Okay, How convenient. <laughs> oh, what was your next facility at? On a college campus. <laughs> On a college campus, exactly. So yeah, so that's what they're trying to do with the males. They're trying to get the 144,000 males. As far as the women, they're required to dress modestly and take on traditional roles on the commune. That's right. They there's communes spread all over the U.S., all over the world, actually. And they're required to dress modestly and take on traditional roles while forbidding the use of contraceptives and drugs during childbirth, because they, they think women need to suffer the pain. We'll get it. We'll get into more of that very soon. Um, according to the custom, all of the men sport ponytails and beards. And the married women must keep their hair covered as a symbol of her subservience to her husband. Okay. Also, like I said, we'll get into a lot more of their treatment of women later on. Now, their ideas on raising kids involve child labor practices and accusations of abuse. They've, they've really battled it all, honestly, this cult has. It's amazing that they're still around. Not only around, they're running successful businesses. But not to mention, uh, they also have... Sup- a supreme <clears throat> white supremacist views. Oh no, shocking! Yes, right? they did. They do. I'm just going to come right out and say it because apparently I got tongue tied there. And some governments and advocacy groups have even dropped the cult label on them. Andy, can you believe it? The audacity! Oh my God! How cult- dare they call them a cult? There, there's a big argument. I was watching some of the documentaries on this group, and they were like, "It's hard to call them a cult because it's it's not exactly the same." idea of like a specific leader is dictating all of the things and it's it's kind of not exactly the same way of you know just like we talked about tony or tony lamo it's like yes this guy started it but it was already kind of a group of individuals who all felt this way and they attended church together and they have a like one of the big interviews i saw was with a former elder of this cult right it's because this is actually a cult that's still going and they do they kind of they can have like a council of elders that starts forming and they have like different yeah. sets. So it's like, it's not exactly the the same idea of this one leader who's controlling every single decision. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the reason they're like, we're not a cult. We don't right. follow some guy pretending to be God. Of course not. Now, we're not they a cult. Do, they do have pretty prominent leaders such as Gene. But yeah, like Andy said, he kind of decided to stay in the shadows, which is pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Probably a good reason why they're still around. But also the way that they went about things, they were careful as to, you know, not leave evidence, not leave traces of and paper trails of certain things, which we'll get into. But, uh, you know, what cult doesn't ruffle some feathers, right? Because just by definition, they're doing things differently, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're expressing their religious freedom. Now, uh, and they keep their bellies full and cash coming in through various businesses, mainly in the agriculture game. Uh, you also find their cute little cafes and restaurants, the Yellow Deli sprinkled about. Um, you know, you have to give it to them. At least they're earning money. You yeah. know, at least they're not just asking for handouts. Yeah, they don't. It's it's not just like a little pop up store or like a thrift store. They actually oh, apparently no. these yellow these yellow cafes or what is that what's called yellow the, deli the yellow deli mm-hmm. they pop up like I said in, in like college towns next yeah. to college campuses and they've actually the people will go to these stores and be like oh yeah it's a it's a whole store it's a whole restaurant you know, super you know we friendly. have one here in North Carolina right Hidden Night uh, exactly Hidden Night North Carolina there's mm-hmm. one so if you're in this area and want to visit it go check it out. Um, but first, let's talk a little bit about the founder, uh, Albert Eugene Spriggs, also known as Gene. 
Uh, like we said, he worked in personnel management in schools and teaching and uh, counseling work and whatnot before joining a charismatic church in Glendale, California in 1971. Now, after the church bro broke up, he and his new wife, Marsha Ann Duvall, headed back to his hometown in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm guessing it wasn't hers. I guess they met in California. And they opened up a cute little coffee shop called the Light Brigade. This is probably where they got their first idea to open a deli or a cafe. Right? Well, I think this was also the kind of idea. This was that, that was one of the first names the group was like kind of going by because they, when they first started kind of get, gathering, they were like, what do we I, call I, ourselves? I figured that. And they were I figured like, that. The Light Brigade. They're like. No, dork. No, no. no. <laughs> Maybe we'll call the coffee shop that. I'll call the coffee that, shop that, the light. Is that a good compromise? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, at the light brigade, they started hosting Bible study groups there in the evenings. And before they know it, uh, they had a bunch of hippies crashing on their couches. They even turned some Victorian houses into homes for members of their sudden congregation that they had now. Apparently, they were making decent money to buy these Victorian homes and flip them. Um, and they also opened a health food cafe called the Yellow Deli. This is the first... Yellow Deli. Uh, they were a hit in their local community and worked with another Christian group called the New Covenant Apostolic Order. And some people um, associate that name with the cult it's just as much as 12 tribes and other things like that. Yeah, because they kind of. Uh, but they like, were actually kind of another sect that just kind of agreed. I think they agreed on most things. Yeah, they almost. But not like, enough to combine. Yeah, it's like they didn't really merge, but they just kind of operated like side by side yeah, and like exactly. with each other. They're like, yeah, we we are we we agree. Yeah. But you know, you know, different uh, different pockets. Yeah, just exactly, <laughs> exactly. I want to make money too. Yeah. Um. So things were going okay until about 1975, when Gene and his pals showed up at their usual Sunday service and found that it had been canceled for the Super Bowl. On God's day, the temerity. The but the but I'm, but Super Bowl Sunday. I'm just saying. Yeah, but when listen, when you're in a cult, Andy, nothing comes before your cult family and Jesus. I'm just okay? saying it depends on what what team was playing. Where is this church it, located? <laughs> Where, what team was playing the Super Bowl? I'm gonna say this right. was this a Philadelphia church. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> I know the who would have been uh, they're in Tennessee, right? So is the Oilers are in the Super Bowl or some shit? Yeah, the Oilers maybe at this right. point. No, was that, it the Oilers been, thing? that may have been Houston still at that point. I don't even know if ten, Tennessee had it. What what year oh. was that again? I don't remember if Tennessee even Tennessee had Tennessee. Probably didn't even have a team then. No, they, the, they the had Titans the Oilers. Was the new team right? They had the Oilers and then it became the Titans. Yeah, right, right. Well, I don't know. 1975, they probably didn't even have a team then. Um. So they started having services in their own homes instead, and then they realized we don't even need a church. We are the church, right? Exactly. How many times have we heard that? We've all heard that before, right? yeah. Well, they started calling themselves Vine Community Church. Vine. V-I-N-E. Uh, they even started... <gasps> Is that where Vine came from? Probably. They invented a lot of... Th no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they even started baptizing people in a nearby pond, which didn't sit too well with other Christians around town. I really don't know why. It's like, the only thing I can think is maybe it made their baptisms look less official. It's like you're just baptizing people in your bathtub in your church instead of like an actual pond, like, you know, John the Baptist did. I think it all just comes down to they don't people like taking their numbers. You're ta you're taking some of our congregation. You may be taking some of our members. You may be taking some of our yeah. money. It's, it's And I can't help but think like if I'm a new believer, I would rather be baptized in, in a body of water made by God, right? Not a bathtub. It's <laughs> not filled up. Not this really nice... Right? Pyrex glass yeah, bathtub what is this with everybody watching. Right? It's freaking it's weird. weird. Is the glass? Everyone can see me go under too. I watched you like, put the hose in here. Right? It's, it's just not. It's just not holy. It's just not magical. Like, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put the stopper in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just. I, I. I don't know. I'm not saying you're more saved 
If you're baptized in a natural body of water, I just think it feels better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all like right. the, I like the all-natural feel of it. <laughs> That's right. But uh, aside from the different baptisms, they also started observing Saturday Sabbath. And they eventually moved to a place called Island Pond in Vermont. Now, this is a compound that had a lot of controversy. Uh, we'll be talking about this compound pretty often. Most of the main things that happened in their history happened in Vermont at this Island Pond uh, compound. Um, but it became known as the church in Island Pond. They spread to other parts of New England and changed their name again to Northeast Kingdom Community Church. I'm telling you, these guys, they were... And I think it was because they were causing riffles ruffles in these communities, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. they were they were upsetting people, local local other business owners, other local churches. I think they were just they were really changing the game for a lot of people and like like Andy said, stealing stealing members, stealing butts in the seats, right? It sounds so appealing, especially if you're young, um, you're a hippie, you're kind of figuring out what you want to do with your life or whatnot. Um, yeah, this, this group looked great. And I think they were taking a lot of people from these other congregations and that's why they had to move and change their name so much. And definitely taking maybe the not. younger population. That's one of the things that the church always oh, is yeah. looking for is the youth population. They're looking to have a, to continue the well, generation. Like so. I said, man, they got to get, they got to get 144,000 virgins. They got a lot of work to do. They need to get on Reddit. I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, by this time, Gene is a pretty big deal and is considered an important leader or apostle to the group. Everyone in the community believes that they're inspired by God, but they think that Gene is even more inspired, uh, most inspired even. Well, it's between him and Gary, our oldest virgin. <laughs> our oldest virgin. <laughs> Here's Gary. He's the senior virgin. Right. He's 47, believe it or not. I know he looks 67, but... Um, He's got some city miles on him. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, so fast forward to today. And like I said, they've got around 2,500 to 3,000 members. They're living in different countries all over the world. I really don't know how, how you know, exaggerated that number is. Maybe it's low. I really don't know. But they're all about living in communities, and each community is named after the town it's in. So very easy to keep track of. Members of the 12 tribes give each other Hebrew names as well, which we've seen this in a lot of different cults. This is very popular, which they believe are revealed through moments of divine inspiration. Now... They considered themselves to be part of the Commonwealth of Israel, which is forming in the last days and is united by the new covenant established by the Messiah. One of the things about those Hebrew names as well is that it makes it hard. I was listening to somebody talk about how it's hard for them to actually know how many members they have. Yeah. It's because of like so many people, it's like they don't go by their birth given name. They go by a, a Hebrew name. Right. So it's hard to track down the people who were documented and, to be born on these compounds. Mm -hmm. And they also have multiple cases of where they like there's children that have gone missing or children that have just shown up on the compound. Right, so, right, right. And they're also not documenting these. They're not documenting these name changes. I mean, they're not even... They're not even vaccinating their newborn kids that are born on the compound. They're not documenting these people. Oh no, but they okay? are doing. Uh, they, are, they are making you do the home the circumcision. That's a home job. That's an ad. That's a DIY it job is, now. It is. We will hear from a member um, at the end of this episode. We have a transcript from an, a member who was interviewed, and he had to circumcise his own sons. Pretty crazy. Um, now. So how do they get new members, right? Instead of sending out missionaries, the tribes aim to win converts mostly by inviting them to their communal houses where they can experience a loving communal family life. Actually, in the Yellow Deli, they, they leave these pamphlets around all over the place. They don't push their beliefs on anyone 
you know, in particular, but it might be between the menus. Yes. You know what I'm <laughs> it's saying? A table like, it's on the table. It's, it's a on... table tent or two. Yeah. It's a... Exactly. Exactly. Um, but if you do attend their their uh, commune, visitors are welcome to share meals and witness their joyful revival meetings, which include circle dancing, singing, sermons, and prayer. The tribes have a unique spiritual culture that resembles historic Shaker villages, emphasizing a strong work ethic along with a devotion to God and working for free as well. Um, women in the 12 tribes are skilled in baking, painting, sewing, and making soaps and lotions. Men are skilled in various crafts, including leather work, cabinet making, candle making, and stained glass window making. This doesn't sound that bad, actually. It sounds Amish. It sounds very um, close to like They an are Amish very society. close to Amish. Very close. Uh, a little bit of Handmaid's Tale going on. Uh, the tribes have renovated Victorian houses that preserve their historic style and also restore antique furniture. Their children are involved in singing and composing original devotional songs. Boys work with their fathers in candle factories and on farms, while daughters assist their mothers in the kitchen and sewing rooms. All members dedicate at least two hours a day to devotional dancing and singing, and many also play and even build their own musical instruments. Okay, and they also they got one hell of a missionary strategy. I know we talked about how, you know, a lot of them is about trying to get these converts to come back to the, the commune, but they have a way of doing that. They have another way of reaching out that's pretty unique, and you guys may have heard of this. Um, but their missionary strategy is they utilize the community's renowned double-decker buses. Prominently, they're prominently featured at various events such as Grateful Dead festivals, the Billy Graham Crusade, the Rainbow Gathering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You get it. Where young impressionable people are. I bet they're at Burning Man you know, right now. They are, they're at Burning Man, stuck in traffic, <laughs> trying to convert people. They are stuck uh, in the mud at Burning Man. They're right like, now. we got water. We got water. All you got to do is come in and give us all your shit. Um, but both men and women, along with children, create connections by offering warm hospitality. They take kids to Grateful Dead concerts. Uh, which includes handing out baked goods, Wu-Tang is for the children. <laughs> apple cider tea, and providing first aid assistance as well. Uh, moreover, they enthusiastically encourage the crowd to partake in their joyful circle dances and musical jams. As an additional gesture, they share the free paper, which is like a brochure of theirs, a missionary tract that depicts an idyllic utopian version uh, vision of loving families and a devoted service to one another in anticipation of the return of Yahshua. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Yashua? it was. It was Yahshua. That, that okay. was the, That was one of the reasons that I've people heard of started, Yahweh. It was, it was kind of something that when the group first started breaking off from the church they were attending, because mm -hmm. they, they were attending a Christian, like, a, you know, a Christianity-based church. But when the group started breaking off, they started showing kind of like a, like Judaism, you know, uh, ideas in yeah. their practices like i said practicing uh sabbath on a saturday right, they were right. ending their their uh their sermons with uh i think it was like what was it shabbat shalom yeah 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 so it's yeah. like they were and something else they did uh i can't remember which one it was but they were mostly just using old testament they were going off of Ju which is so of funny and judaism judaism type things but. which is so funny because one of the most broadest claims out there is that they are against jews that they hate jews and i'm like how do you got they're called the 12 tribes. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, they are guilty. They're probably, probably, allegedly, let me protect myself here, guilty of a lot of shit. But hating Jews is probably not one of them. No, and if it I, is, what the hell? It yeah, don't make they, no sense. They've been more or less akin to, to racism. They've had some definite, uh, yes. some racism kind of spread into their doctrine. It, 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 yeah, it gets a little tricky. They walk a fine line with the racism thing. We'll, we'll talk more about that. 
uh, here pretty soon. All right. So let's get into speaking of that. Let's get into some shit that you won't find on their website. All right. Uh, the, the trouble started for the tribes in Chattanooga in the 70s when Ted Patrick, you guys may have heard that name if you listen to Strange and Unexplained. He's the co-founder of FreeCog. He kidnapped and deprogrammed eight young followers of Spriggs. Okay. We covered Ted Patrick and deprogramming on Strange and Unexplained way back in September of 2020. It was episode number 23, entitled Garrett Dorston Deprogramming and the Unification Church. I was not good at titling things back then. That was, <laughs> very, that's, a very, that's a very wordy title. Uh, Ted Patrick, I couldn't even fit his name in the title, but a lot of the episode is about Ted Patrick and his work uh, deprogramming ex-cult members and stuff in the 70s and 80s. It's very interesting episode. Probably, honestly, one of my favorites to learn about, just coming from my religious background. Um, FreeCog was the first organization against cults that opposed the children of God, another popular cult. Later, the Citizens Freedom Foundation took over and worked nationally, connecting with the media and labeling the tribes as a cult that brainwashed people to gain followers. Right? I think one of the people, I think it was like one of the eight people he actually kidnapped and deprogrammed, he kidnapped a young woman on her wedding day in her wedding dress. <laughs> Yeah. Like took her from the church. Yeah. And like, you know, kind of did like a runaway bride situation. Yeah. And got her out of there. He, he has an amazing system he, or had an amazing system for this, really. And he believed in it. And he did a lot of good, really. Ted Patrick did. He's like, he's tough love. He's no bullshit. But he really woke a lot of people up. Yeah, they're he not. Did. It's they, he has those like it's. I want to say like the the, the questionable tactics of how questionable to tactics, how we'll to call it that. But in the seventies, pretty on par. How to deprogram <laughs> and to and to acquire these people from a cult to yeah. to you know oh I, we we think our our daughter has been brainwashed by a cult. Can you go and get them for us? And he just shows back up with your daughter hogtied the back yeah, of his trunk like I got, got her. her. <laughs> how did you she's still you, brainwashed you might want to talk to her a little bit more listen, you just said you wanted her okay i got her <laughs> <laughs> exactly got dog the bounty hunter situation a little bit but like it's questionable methods but he did get he has gotten multiple people out of these different cults and different groups he got results you can't argue with that andy <laughs> but do the means justify the ends <laughs> <laughs> he got results i mean he changed these people's lives imagine the the eight people if they were still in this cult which many people still are many people still are and who knows maybe they're living a better life in there i mean who are you to judge but these people seem to be happy that they were deprogrammed let's put yeah. it to you that way um so after the 70s in 1982, the conflict worsened as parents who had left the community fought for custody of their children, bringing attention to the group's strict child-rearing methods and their use of physical punishment based on the Bible. Now, yeah, this is right here is about to start. You're, if you guys have a, like, like a warning right now, there is yes. a lot of abuse towards children. There mm -hmm. is a lot of violence towards children in this group. That's kind, there's, there's a large police raid uh, to get a large group of children out of this group. Yep. So yes, if there, there's kind of like a little warning label right now. There is violence towards children. So if you want to check out for a little bit, we understand. But yeah, it's about to get a little t dicey with some of their methods. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that warning, Andy. News reports painted a scary and puritanical image of the tribe's church, depicting routine neglect and the abuse of children. The 12 tribes have rules that say children must be punished if they don't obey right away right now not if you don't obey it's if you don't obey right now you know because we don't want any time for you to think for yourself nope none do not think for yourself immediate unquestioning loyalty just yes. do it right now they believe okay that this helps them be ready for yashua's return right he could return he's right right now he's returning oh you missed it 
See, that's why you got to beat your kids. Yep. And if your kid, if you had been misbehaving the, in that time when you had, you had yep. sinned and then he came back and you hadn't gotten beaten oh, before man. then, nope, you're screwed. Is that where you won't be when Yahshua comes back? Uh, the punishment is usually a few hits on the hand with a stick, but it shouldn't be done angrily, they say. Parents think this discipline will help their kids live forever or else they'll be at risk of sinning. Okay. And this kind of this abuse starts at birth. They they have records and kind yes. of people like the, the testimonies we, of saying like yeah when, when we're told to when the baby when we're changing the baby's diaper if the baby is crying or trying to get away from us we are we're told to strike mm-hmm. them until they until they stop yes until they behave so yeah, absolutely yeah this stuff this this kind of abuse is kind of taught to them at birth or when the yep. child has first come into the group so yep. And in 1984, the tribe's island pond community got raided by the police and social workers. They had a court order to take the kids away. They searched the homes and took 112 kids. The parents went with their kids to a hearing in Newport, Vermont. Now, the judge had 40 separate hearings in one day. At the end, the judge said that the search warrant from the state was wrong. He said they only took the kids to find evidence of abuse, but the state didn't have any real evidence, just rumors. So the church and the government stopped fighting, and the kids went back to their parents. Ten years later, the 12 tribes had a festival to celebrate being saved from the raid, and some of the kids who were taken, who are now grown up with kids of their own, support their parents and their community still to this day. That in, that incident right there is highly debated amongst the people of the group and amongst people who have tried to get people away from that group. It's the, right. the, gov, like the, the government heard all these allegations of abuse they heard all the rumors they heard all the different te- like testimonies but they didn't have the actual evidence to back it up and that's where they kind of they jumped the gun which then allowed this gr- this cult to then play the victim card yeah they were then said then they got to start having a national or a celebration every year for the year the government tried to take their children away but yep. when the government tried to shut them down they got to it, they fed the flames well, you and know, then that's allowed them beating them to, the devil you know beating the exactly. enemy if, if there is a there's an interesting channel i think it's called reckless rob on youtube and he has a few different videos where he basically infiltrated uh, one of the communes in california and there he has tons of footage of people just in groups preaching about the enemy, the enemy, right? It's just, and it's basically just their root, their word for the devil, for Satan, anybody that opposes their cult and doesn't believe what they believe, the enemy. And that's why they have these festivals, because once again, they have, they've done things their way and they've stood their ground and they defeated the enemy mm-hmm. once again. And it just adds to the persecution method. It's like, well, we we would not be persecuted if we were not wrong. Like yep. if they they are trying to tell us to be quiet because we we are the ones who are right, and we they are they're they're that, trying to not get their system messed up. So. That's exactly right. And after this, right after you know they stopped fighting with the state, then they they got another enemy. The tribes are being targeted by Christian countercult groups who are fighting against what they see as Christian heresy. Hearsay. Uh, heresy heresy that's right heresy reverend robert pardon started the new england institute of religious research to spread negative information about the 12 tribes their heretical beliefs and what he considers to be the group's excessive control over individual lives excessive is uh, that's one way to put it excessive control Uh, excessive yeah it's it's just too detailed it's just creepy it's like they go above and beyond just to see how obedient you're going to be 
Which I feel like most cult leaders just can't with, withstand that temptation no, of going they, that far. The at absolute some point. power corrupts us. It's like how much will you? How much? How far will you how go? How far will you go? How? How? When will, will you, you say use, no? Will you use a certain amount of toilet paper? When will you say because no to me? I'm gonna instruct that. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep seeing it less and less. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. They handle all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part and you get to take all the credit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more, right? That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. A new season calls for new meals, and HelloFresh has a fresh fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. HelloFresh is more than just dinners. You can also stock your fridge with easy breakfast, quick lunches, and fresh snacks. Just shop HelloFresh Market and add any of these tasty, time-saving solutions to your weekly box. The family and I love to see that HelloFresh box on our doorstep, because that means we're gonna make something that's delicious, it's going to be easy to make, and it's going to be something outside the box, a recipe that you don't normally make. The directions are easy to follow, the ingredients are already separated and measured out for you. I like to get my kids involved in the preparation. It's a great way to teach them these simple recipes. Now you may have heard us do Every Plate ads in the past, but Green Chef and Every Plate is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I love switching between the brands, and now you listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount on us. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Creeper and use code 50Creeper, that's 50-C-R-E-E-P-E-R, for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Creeper and use code 50Creeper. Link in the description below this episode. Now let's get back to the show. But today the tribes are led by a married couple, Eddie Wiseman, Hakam, and Jean Swantko. Now Jean is a lawyer. She had a religious awakening while working on Eddie's legal defense. They had responded to anti-cult pressure and efforts by the government to control them by holding press conferences and actively trying to correct misconceptions and connect with their critics. But... The 12 tribes also believe in keeping a clear separation between their community and the sinful outside world. So that's very difficult to help people understand when you don't want to be a part of them at all. Um, though, though, to be fair, they seem to be softening some of their beliefs uh, in these later years. Such is their belief in an impeding, catastrophic event where all outsiders will be damned. You know, they, every cult has that event. Oh, yeah, they got to have that. And I'm sure they had a date. But like Andy talked about in the Tony Alamo, that's a very, very sketchy thing to do. You don't want to put a date. Don't put a date on it, okay? Mm, especially risky. especially if you're going to live to that date. Don't do not do that. Yeah, you always want to put the um, date for the next generation's problems. Right. <laughs> this <laughs> is the date for my successor to deal with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the date for their impending catastrophic event has evolved into more of a slower process where they must first raise up seven generations before the trinal, final trumpet of revelation is blown. So they've bought themselves some time. I mean, and they got to they got to find 144,000 virgins too. Don't forget about that. Listen, Comic-Con was I pretty mean, big this year. I'm just saying, you can go, you can find you them. Can. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to stay you just know your market. That's right. I'm just kidding. I really want to go to Comic-Con. <laughs> 
But according to a, a new revelation in the free paper, the brochure that we were talking about earlier, there is now a middle ground for just men, just men like us, Andy, just men. You know, ah, we're okay. not special. We're not in the tribes. We're just men uh, who have never been a member of the tribes. There's a middle ground between being saved and being damned. And I was like, yeah, like purgatory. You mean like, like a place like other religions have already made up? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> this bitch don't know about purgatory. This bitch don't know about purgatory. Don't know about purgatory. Uh, but although I'm glad to see the tribes loosening their beliefs, I wish they'd loosen up on the kids a bit, though, honestly. That's really the main thing you find when looking into this cult. They got a really hard time shaking the child abuse claims, um, probably because they come from ex-members. But and mean, they kind of hard to ignore. And they kind of have video evidence of oh, them doing God. it. That is, that's tough. But children raised in the 12 tribes cult are homeschooled, naturally, uh, dressed in puritanical bonnets, I guess the women are, the girls are, and kept sheltered from the outside world. They are taught an anti-evolution curriculum with an emphasis on music and communication. They are not allowed to engage in any type of play, like play pretending to be an airplane, a cat, etc. Mm -mm, none of that nonsense, immediate spanking. Nor can they join sports teams or clubs. Toys, radio, secular books, TV, and the internet. Forget about it. None of that shit. Oh, no. Those those kids, they are put to they, work at a very oh, young yeah, age. Oh, yeah. They're working in the... They're like four. And they're like, like harvesting uh, vegetables and stuff out of the garden. Or they're working like, in like the, the loading docks or, air, or like mm -hmm. the places or like packing orders for things. But yeah, they are... These kids don't get to have a childhood. They they start no, them at a working. very young age. Like no play, no fun, no ex. Like Michael said, no extracurriculars. No, you no, don't even no. go to regular school. You sit at home. You do your Bible study, yep. and then you go right to work in the field. It That's is a it. regimented, tightly controlled circle. Yep. So, and an ex. Here's a uh, little excerpt from an ex member who was who grew up in a compound as a child. His name is Alex. He said, "Childhood was hell." Uh, that's my only childhood milestone was just to stay alive till the next day. <clears throat> Alex lived at the New York compound and detailed regular vicious beatings with wooden rods for trivial infractions like not singing loud enough during religious ceremonies, opening the fridge without permission, or just talking too much. You touch the thermostat. Right. <laughs> you First thing I thought of was I, when I saw the opening the fridge, I just thought of just the old dad thing of like, you touch my thermostat. Right. <laughs> Alex says, you talk out of line or sometimes you never even know what the hell you did, but all of a sudden you're getting your feet beaten bloody with the rods. Yeah. Yeah. The rods uh, must be used. This is, this is from their handbook. Okay. This is from the 12 tribes handbook. It says the rod must be used to correct wrong thoughts, wrong words, and wrong deeds. Parents are supposed to strike children or inflict stripes that wound whenever they misbehave. But then they, now, they consider that to – one of the reasons I was saying like the child abuse claims is like they will say, no, there, are no, there is no child abuse. But they have this in their, their handbooks because they don't believe this is child abuse. So it's like it's a weird exactly. little like lie polygraph. Thing. It's like, well, I'm not lying because like, I, don't parenting. I don't believe it's child abuse. So I'm not lying when I say there is no abuse here. Exactly. So there was kind of this whole thing of being like, well, we need to get the video evidence of you guys physically beating these children. Right, right. And you can tell they encounter this a lot because on the frequently asked questions portion of their website, here's a, here's a quote about it. It says, quote, we know that some people consider this aspect of our life controversial, but we have seen from experience that discipline keeps a child from becoming a mean-spirited and disrespectful person. 
Right. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely correct. The, the more you beat a child, the nicer they will be. Yeah, they and, and they don't stop there. They got <laughs> they got more to convince you. They're, they're breaking out the Bible. It says, a 12 tribes brochure entitled, quote, When the Spanking Stopped, All Hell Broke Loose, cites Proverbs 1324. <laughs> that sounds real kinky. <laughs> when the spanking stopped, all hell broke loose. Right. <laughs> I didn't tell you to stop. Uh, but this is from <laughs> Proverbs 1324. And uh, this is very controversial. I have heard so many Christians who don't believe this is in the Bible and some that just wholeheartedly do. Like this is one of those 50-50 splits in Christianity. But Proverbs 13.24 says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Then the brochure adds, If you love your child, you take the rod and discipline him. It's not optional. It's a command. Mm-hmm. That's what he means when he says, like, they, they feel like this is parenting. Yeah. They don't feel like it's abused. They feel like this is what the Bible tells us to do. How are we abusing a child if the Bible tells us to do it? Yep. So Here's, is God an abuser? <laughs> right, exactly. Here's another quote from a former member, Roger Griffin. He says, Spriggs, the founder, was fond of saying that we should be proud of these wounds that our children bore. If you love your children, you are not swayed by their screams. Oh. End quote. By their yeah. screams. Like Andy alluded to earlier, they are they are physically punishing and, and spanking babies, newborn babies. Mm-hmm. That that is actually happening. And there's you hear from another member later on uh, in the show as well. Uh, Kayam Mathias, another past child of the tribes, claims that he still remembers his infant sister's screams to this day. Yeah, sorry, it was right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was beaten up to 20 to 30 times a day before he escaped at age 14. And upon escaping, he's, he, here's a quote. He says, the first time I used an ATM or a vending machine uh, was when I left. I knew nothing about the world. It was all so strange and new and was like being born suddenly with an adult body, feeling like a child or an alien, but needing to act like an adult to survive. It kind of made quote. me think of the in my Shyamalan movie, The Village. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that mentality. They try to keep them so sheltered, so so that they isolated, don't know what to do. Yeah. so cut off from the world. It's like, no, you only do this. You live with your parents. You do what they say. You work here. You go to like everything yep. is so tightly controlled that when these people actually get out of the cult, that's why they had to call it deprogramming because it is so much like taking a computer that was programmed to do one thing and being like, nope, now you do this. Like, yep. What? This is what? two different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't even allowed to watch TV. Nope. Can you imagine? Uh, Sammy Brasso, the founder of a nonprofit organization that assists individuals in leaving cult light surroundings, grew up within a 12 tribes community. At the age of 18, she managed to escape from her parents, who held her captive in an isolated cabin in Massachusetts. It was her first venture into a modern world where she had never experienced before. Over the past few years, 12 Tribes has come under investigation for various offenses, revealing instances of child abuse and exploitation. Like in 2018, the New York Department of Labor discovered multiple violations involving 12 minors engaging in factory work at a farm in Cambridge, New York. Mm. Now, this particular farm produces lotions and creams for well-known organic cosmetic brands like Acure and Savannah Bee, which are sold at popular retailers such as Target, Whole Foods, and Walmart. Like, these... This cult is connected to some stuff. They know how to make money. Interestingly, this farm previously faced child labor scandal in 2001, causing them to lose lucrative contracts with Estee Lauder and Origins. 
Nevertheless, the cult denies any allegations of child labor, asserting that children participate alongside their parents in household chores, aiming to develop traits such as diligence, thrift, and hard work. There's there's always a difference in working alongside your parents on household chores uh-huh. and being a four-year-old Guys, forced to load and listen. sort a bunch of boxes and yeah. load stuff and put it on trucks and carry it. Yep. <laughs> it's very different than like, helping around the house. Yep. Like I said, guys, that YouTube channel, that Reckless Rob, I've I've linked it in the sources below the description. Um, check out those episodes. In one of them, there is video footage. He's wearing these spy glasses while he's on the on the commune, and he is literally videoing this little girl who is working in the garden by herself, not with her parents. She has a basket, and she's literally like picking green beans and stuff. And he's like, "How old are you?" And she's like, "I'm four." Just trots off, starts picking stuff again by herself. Yep. He's out there sweating his ass off. They immediately put him to work too, uh, work in the fields. Like I said, it's all agricultural work, right? Yeah. Um, but it's for free. It's for free. And you have to give up all of your money and all of your shit upon entering. Yep. Like but they you check like- your bank accounts, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get to work in one of the the delis. You get to work in one of the stores or something yep. like that. So you get you get your meals. You get your yep. place to stay. Just it's like a trade we talked, off. Yeah, just like we talked about with Tony Alamo. They they take these young people who do who are looking for a direction. They're looking for an identity. They're they have nowhere for, to go. Yeah, man. they're looking for someone to tell them what to do. Yep. And it just someone jumps in there and finds that one person who's just willing to say yes to Hey, you want a place to stay? Come on over. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's put the child abuse on the back burner for a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit more. But now let's talk about the treatment of women, okay? Twelve tribes insist that women are encouraged to speak their minds and are given an equal voice in the community. On paper. But <laughs> according to Spriggs' later teachings, women have to atone for Eve's original sin by giving birth without any painkillers, okay? Here's a quote. God created woman to be a friend and a helper for man. She was created to be a wife and a mother to raise children. That is straight from their website. God damn, yep. And so is this quote. We are not pitiful little housewives that are bossed around all day by overbearing men, but we are happy, liberated women who willingly submit ourselves to our loving husbands, end quote. Hard to be liberated and submitting at the same time. It's kind of weird. (laughs) Uh, Jenny Lynn Fior, a former member, didn't quite see it that way. She says, quote, I saw very controlling, overbearing husbands treating their wives pretty badly, and there was no real recourse. They were basically kitchen slaves, mm-hmm. end quote. Very Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It's kind of like something Michael mentioned earlier. It's, it is. It, it is, is very Handmaid's Tale. And a big problem is this is that a lot of the women believe that this is the right course too. So it makes it very difficult to, to stand up and, and preach these things in the cult, right? Like Deborah Wolf, who spearheaded the Colorado sect with her husband, Andrew, proclaimed, quote, I would be happy to talk to any feminist woman about the choices I made about having my six children, end quote. Um, another news article posted on the group's website explains that all marriages within the cult are arranged by the families of the bride and groom. And during the ceremony, the groom does not kiss the bride. Rather, she kisses him as a symbol of her submission. I don't know if it's like, is it a kiss on the cheek or, or what? It's just a, she this? has to initiate the kiss. It's like when they say, you may yeah. kiss the, it's no, it's like, you may kiss your husband now. Yeah. It's like, or it's like, please, oh, it's like, okay. it's kind of like a, please kiss your husband now. Yeah. So yeah, I feel it's like, like that's more assertive. If you're the one that initiates the kiss, I feel like that's more assertive. I think it's more or less they just tell her to do it. It's oh. like, it's kind of a, a, do you obey now? It's like, kiss me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's okay. more or less like you get told to do it. 
Because, yeah, there was one of the guys he was interviewing was talking about, it's like, so all of you guys are virgins? And yeah. one of the guys was like, well, I have a girlfriend, but, you know, we don't, we don't haven't done anything. We haven't kissed or anything. We, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, for, that's for when we get married. Yeah, and they're like, you're a virgin. <laughs> we got one guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right, bud. <laughs> yeah, you're eligible to be part of the mass suicide. Congratulations, bro. What these Nikes? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so amidst the child abuse and all the women's rights issues, we find out they're even worse, Andy, because they hate the gays. Oh, of course I know. they do. It's like, why? Because they why? can't make more. It's a commune. <laughs> But you want, I don't know, it's, it's weird. The cult states that although they do not approve of homosexuality, they do not expel gay members from the group, okay? Because they will take your labor, like I said earlier. They will just work you to death. <laughs> right. How the fuck ever? Their beliefs are much more extreme. In their frequently asked questions, they proclaim that homosexual, homosexual behavior is morally wrong and can even be deadly. Well, I mean, yeah, we all saw the AIDS crisis in the '80s, but that's not because it's more, it's not because of a moral issue, right? It's because of a health issue. Yeah, lots. <laughs> that was of, a public health issue. That's right. And people have heart attacks having regular sex all the time. So yeah, sex can be deadly. Be that's careful. Not, it's not a holy issue. That's right. Don't target the gays on this. Sex can be crazy. God just, didn't do just, this. Just be careful out there, people. Um, but they proudly adhere to what they believe is God's opinion on the matter, regardless of societal norms. Transcripts of past sermons given by Spriggs reveal that he argued for the death penalty for homosexuals, claiming that homosexuality is a crime deserving of capital punishment. No joke. What are they going to do with them? They got no roles for them. Right? This, this is interesting here, right? They were so paranoid about homosexuals infiltrating their group. They really, on a, on a, in reality, Noah Jones, who grew up in a secluded 12 tribes community in Vermont, recalled a memory where he and his brothers were playing outdoors and they were kind of climbing and rappelling down a tree when an elder's wife told them to stop. The elder then separated them and locked Noah in a cramped furnace room in another house. Not his house. There, he endured a week of sleeping on a cold cement floor, using a bucket as a toilet, and receiving only one meal a day. Eventually, the elder accused Noah of engaging in a homosexual act with his brothers. Being too young to understand the term homosexual, the leader proceeded to describe in explicit details gay sex to Noah at this young age. You see what happened here, right? This, this elder acted prematurely and then had to explain their actions. And if you come up with something as, as rash as these boys were doing homosexual things, then locking them in a room for a week is not crazy to the members. They're like, oh, well, you know, extreme behavior, extreme behavior comes extreme consequences, mm -hmm. right? That's, I, I have to imagine that's how they rationalize this. And that is why the, the homosexual rumors were made up even for these children, because this person had to rationalize to the entire group why, why she did this. Yeah. Like, you, you can't put a kid in a room. You can't do that, period. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you, you shouldn't can't. do that, period. But, I mean, for climbing a tree, I think even the 12 tribes would be like, what? They were climbing a tree and you locked them in a room? Okay, what the hell? So she had to, to make up something. Defend herself, yeah. That's exactly, exactly. But if all these things weren't enough, the tribe's got one more skeleton in the closet, Andy. And it's the R word. Any guesses? Rigatoni. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's racism. Ah, close. Yeah, yeah, you were real close. Real close. Um, but the leaders of the 12 tribes openly admit that they discourage interracial marriages. Okay, they openly admit that. But they do welcome non-white families 
into their group. Okay, according mm. to their frequently asked questions, they claim that it should not be surprising to see Hispanic, Black, or Jewish leaders among them. However, I like how they put Jewish in there. Like, however, I'm not surprised at that at all. Why would <laughs> I be surprised to have Jewish people? It's not surprising at all. Like, to it's see so freaking weird. It's like maybe people. they are against Jews. The fact that they put it this part in their little thing, right? However, delving deeper into their doctrine reveals a disturbing undercurrent of racism. Yeah, this stuff is rough, too. Yeah. Spriggs, uh, the founder, preached that black people were meant to be slaves and expressed his hatred, his hatred, for Martin Luther King, uh, considering him to be filled with evil. He even saw the abolition of slavery as a terrible thing, believing that black people being brought to America as slaves was a wonderful opportunity for them to prove their worth. Holy shit. This must have been very early sermons. This is, sounds like some 70s shit right here. This is just, this uh, just sounds like drunk grandpa at Christmas time. We got way too many egg dogs in there. You need to go sit down, grandpa. <clears throat> yeah. You need to go sit down, pop, pop. Okay, For too real. much. Uh, oh, so rough. And the cult leaders further propagated the belief that submission to white people is the only way for black individuals to be saved. When faced with backlash over their controversial teachings, a black leader named John Stringer, or Johanan Abraham, from the cult wrote a response titled, Are the Twelve Tribes Racist? Now, in his rebuttal, he claimed that their views had been taken out of context. Obviously, just okay. a misunderstanding. Yeah, that's right. That's Obviously. Right. It's always a misunderstanding. Right? And it's definitely not him doing the misunderstanding, right? However, a former mixed-race member named Sanasta Kalucci revealed that the organization gradually exposes its abhorrent racial beliefs to converts during the process of indoctrination. So even during the uh, what's the the opening uh, the opening credits here? What's the word I'm looking for? What, what do you, when you yeah. go when you first go to a job? The orientation. Orientation. Your orientation. They're already spreading racism, according to this guy. Um, and eventually, Colucci became aware of that and left the group in 2021. Now, here is how they control people. And we got to talk about the control and the fear, and we'll hear a little bit more from Colucci as well. The cult had strict rules about everything, even things as small as fingernail length and the way married couples should have sex. In his mem- how do they know? In you his gotta memoir, this stuff. you got to come tell your you got to come tell your pastor. <laughs> it's like we need to see a tape. It's like confession. You need to you need to submit a tape every time you have intercourse. Everyone's got to watch um, a tape. <laughs> it's like but, watching game film. <laughs> right, exactly. So in his memoir, Colucci described how the group controlled every aspect of their members' lives. They even dictated how often single men should masturbate and how much toilet paper to use. Andy, I, I have that information if you're curious. It, I'm, you got to uh, be curious. Listen, you got to know how much I don't care paper. how much you tell me I'm supposed to use. I need more. Well, this is the proper amount. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> in case you're curious, it was recommended to take three to four squares, okay? Fold them into one square. Okay. Right? And use that. To wipe, okay? Okay, now what, what ply toilet paper is this? What ply are we I, talking about? I here? don't know. I hope they got some good stuff. I hope they got some Charmin. But fold and repeat until you have a tiny soiled square to flush. Okay, Andy? That is how you use toilet paper. And if you don't, you're going to hell. And I you're out of here. That. I can see that. Okay? I can see that definitely going to hell. Five squares? <laughs> One-way ticket to hell. Three squares? Purgatory. Purgatory. <laughs> that's, that's It's kind of, you're not listening, but also you're not wasting things. And yeah, you're not so. spending more of the church's money. So, yeah, we'll give you purgatory on three squares. Uh, the cult's control went beyond physical activities, though. They also manipulated their members' thoughts and emotions, making them feel guilty about things that they shouldn't and not guilty about things that they should. Like the fear of second death 
Their concept of spiritual damnation was used to enforce obedience within the community. For oh, I, I just I just imagine right now between us just a picture of you know Pippin from Lord of the Rings, but it just says second death. Second death. <laughs> <laughs> just got that we've already had one. <laughs> what about second death? About second death. <laughs> But former members have shared disturbing experiences, like being told that sickness was a punishment from God for being evil. Mary Wiseman, who questioned the cult's teachings, faced severe consequences, including the death of her daughter, which Spriggs claims was caused by her criticism of the group and lack of faith. Absolutely. It's always the lack. It's your mistakes that cause the the problems. It's It's not anything else. When in doubt, it's lack of faith. Am I right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Every time. Um, but the cult had a strong aversion to modern medicine and rarely sought medical assistance. They have There have been reports of stillbirths because mothers were denied medical treatment during labor. And despite claims on their website about seeking medical help, testimonies, form, for, uh, testimonies from former members tell a quite different story, like Bruce Wittenberg's heartbreaking story of losing his daughter to whooping cough. And it illustrates the cult's dangerous ideology. They believed that if God wanted someone to survive, he would save them leading to tragic consequences. Yeah, that's a pretty common thing in several of these real fundamental, these real yep. spiritual cults. That, well, if yeah. God wants you to live, you're going to live. But if he doesn't want you to, you better be prepared to meet him. Yeah, so, yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I believe in the power of positive thinking. And I think reiterating things and whatnot, but I don't believe it's supernatural. I just believe if you just keep thinking a certain way, you're, you're naturally going to start to move towards that, right? But this takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, I was watching one. It was a former, it's a YouTube documentary or a video of a former elder of the church. And he, he goes back to the church at one point and he actually comes back to the to the interviewee and he has several different books that they that they show and that they use for teaching, they use for doc medicine. He has, it's almost like a, uh, like a, almanac or something it's like this like old wives tale of all the different cures the natural cures right that they give to these women when they're pregnant or like babies and stuff and so instead of going to the doctor instead mm-hmm. of doing medicine obviously you just need a good dose of garlic and lavender and you'll get rid of that preeclampsia like right no i, I, like, right. <laughs> I mean there there are there are natural medicines that have worked for for years and years but they're instances where you you need to be in a hospital setting just in case. You need to go right? to a doctor. You need like, to go to a doctor. And childbirth <laughs> is one of those. Like you should go to the damn hospital just in case. Like you never know. Um, but the cult defends their stance on medical care as a personal choice based on faith. They claim to prefer natural, natural healing methods, but state that they do not restrict access to medical care or determine the outcome of healing. Quote, We just want to go back to the original pattern of what the first church was before it became an organized religion with all its various offshoots, explained a current member. We just want to get back to a pure, simple devotion to God and to one another. And like, yeah, that would be great. That's what attracts everyone to religion. Like, I don't want to have to worry about anything. I just want God to take care of my stuff. Jesus, take the fucking wheel, right? Take the wheel. Just take the wheel. Take all the wheel. I just love um, how it's like, we want to go back to time before it was organized, yeah. before it was an organized religion. So please join our really strictly right. organized religious group. <laughs> and and like I said, man, they're still trucking. I don't think they're anywhere close to that 144,000 number. Um, I don't even know if they're concerned about that anymore. If now their new goal is just to make seven generations of cult members within the cult, and then they can all go to heaven. Maybe they'll just do that. Maybe that once they hit seven generations, it'll be a mass suicide. God, I hope not. They'll have had enough. Um, they'll have had enough male virgins by that time. Throughout seven generations, yes. enough male virgins will have died of natural causes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, so that's where they are today. Like I said, they run the yellow delis all over the world. There's one hidden night, North Carolina, as well as a compound in North Carolina as well. And they are, they are all over the U S and all over the world. Are you done breaking up? Okay. Moment of silence. Right. Like in Spain, for instance. And we actually have a transcript of an interview from a ex-member who was a member of the Basque Country Commune in Spain. Uh, Guillermo Alzazzi? Alzate? Alzate? I guess. Alzate. We'll, we'll uh, go with Guillermo. We'll call him Guillermo. Um, but <laughs> not, he, not you, Guillermo. He left the 12 tribes communities, uh, leaving behind his wife, who decided to stay and he took their three children who were born to them while they were in the 12 tribes. Okay. So he and his, his three children left and the wife decided to stay, um, for the love of Yahshua, according to her. Um, so here an interview from him, uh, in 2015, I guess I'll play the part of reporter. If you want to play Guillermo. Yes. All right, here we go. Hi, good morning. How, how long were you there for? Uh, I was there for seven years. Well, do you mind if I ask you some questions? Because that's what we do interviews for. Yes, for sure. I have nothing to win or to lose. <laughs> that's very... It's just uh, melancholy. That's it. Well, this is translated from Spanish I know, as well. It's like, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, for real. But the reporter says, but you lost your wife, did you? Yes, I did. I lost her because of the cult. And how did you get to know the 12 tribes? My wife and I were married, and we also had a young daughter. And we were both keen on landing an eco-friendly lifestyle and a healthy eating uh, life. And we were told about a community settled in Ulia in San Sebastian. When we got to know them, this place seemed idyllic. That's the way a cult likes to portray itself, doesn't it? To us, it seemed like paradise on Earth, and we agreed it would be a nice environment for us. Right. Oh, and I misspoke. Two of his three children were born inside the community. Okay. Um. Were your children allowed to have toys? No, they weren't. They were told they were told they lead to dissipation. And were your children circumcised? Oh, yes. In fact, I did it myself. We could only hope for the best. We only had rudimentary tools. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Wow. Did your children go to the doctor? Were they vaccinated? No, vaccines weren't allowed at all. It was shunned by the cult. As soon as we came out, they were vaccinated. So what is the ultimate goal of the 12 tribes? If you've, read the if you've read the apocalypse in the Bible, you would know about it. They want 12,000 pure children from worldly in free from worldly influences. Mm. So they want 12,000 children as well. Okay. This is the video. Oh, and then uh, the reporter goes on to show a video um, where the German state was rescuing children from a cult in Germany. And it shows children being whipped. And Guillermo responds, I did that so many times. And then he continues, We had to use a rod and hit them in the hand. There were So there were no marks left behind. The idea behind that was that there was no evidence of practices of corporal punishment. So it was done in a clandestine way. They always insisted on that. That no evidence remained? Exactly. Uh, we were also commanded to use the rod diligently and never turn a blind eye even to minor offenses. We had to be a disciplinarian. 
In Germany, that is a clear case of child abuse, and the same abuse is happening here. Aren't the laws against child maltreatment the same in Europe? There is also a very serious case involving a family that happened in the French, uh, the French branch of the cult. A girl named Mila, which happened to be the same age as my daughter, became ill, and she died in the community. However, that wasn't made public, and members were forbidden to tell anyone about it. And where is she buried? I have no clue. Wow. And that's where the interview ends. Um, so, yeah, that gives you some real insight in this. The last statement of the fact that he has no clue about this girl who died in in the facility. Um, how many kids are, are not accounted for at all? Exactly. How many people you know are saying? just not it's like, been, no number, no names, no social security numbers. Right. They're not going to the doctor. They, it's not like you get a driver's license upon birth. It's like, yeah, like I said, they're not going to the courthouse. They're not filling out their, they're having these births on site, whether they have complications or not. Mm-hmm. And gosh, man, that's just, and people are still doing that to this day. It's still happening. Yeah. This um, tribe is still very active. Freedom of religion, guys. That's, that's what it is. Um, but lately in the tribe, we, we got one, one more little <laughs> one little tidbit about the tribe. Lately, they are under uh, speculation of starting a fire, right? I've seen this all over the place. This just happened this year in the summer of this year, 2023. Um, and here's an article from Boulder County, Colorado. It says, newly released body camera footage shows a member of the 12 tribes talking to investigators a day after the Marshall Fire burned more than 1,000 homes in Boulder County. No criminal charges will be filed in the fire, which destroyed more than 1,000 homes and killed two people. The wildfire erupted late in the morning of December 30th, 2021, and was fueled by hurricane-force winds as it raced across the county. Now, the next day, December 31st, Boulder County Sheriff's Office investigators started focusing on the land owned by the religious group, the 12 Tribes. Now, the investigation uh, was made public public earlier this month, uh, concluded that on... uh, an intentionally set trash fire on the property owned by the 12 tribes was the initial point of origin for the Marshall Fire. Mm, now, there that, we go. Yeah. Now, that fire, reported a little before noon, December 24, 2021, included the burning of railroad ties. A passerby reported, Why would you burn railroad ties? They're so damn useful. Like, oh my God, you could do so much shit with, you guys are about agriculture and you're burning railroad ties. Like you could do, just lay like four of them around, make a giant raised bed. Like what what are you guys doing out here? Um, But anyways, a passerby reported the fire and both Mountain View Fire Rescue Firefighters and Boulder County Sheriff's Office deputies responded. Because people from 12 tribes had water and a tractor on scene, firefighters were not concerned and left. That's, that's kind of crazy. They probably just didn't you want to mess it. with the cult. They're like, eh, I ain't trying to get it. It was something there, right? along the lines of, too, it's like the the where they were holding the fire was like just outside the limit of like the Boulder right. County fire line mm-hmm. or fire warning zone. So it was like they were doing it like right on the border of the, where this was like a danger or not. So the fire department kind of showed up and was like, yeah, yeah, according to our map, you're like right out off of it. You got a tractor. All yeah. right. They know what they're doing. They know yeah. what they're doing. They, that's why they put those communes out there. They want to be just outside of the cities, right? Um, one Boulder County Sheriff's deputy told people tending the fire that they should cover it with dirt when they were finished burning. However, it appears that embers from the fire smoldered until hurricane force winds roared through the area six days later and reignited the fire. According to investigation, that's one thing a lot of people don't understand. Like, if you're going to have a bonfire, you need to be responsible for that fire for like 
minimum two to three days. Yeah, I think, especially in a really dry. And then if you area live like in a that. dry area, even longer. Like here in the here in the southeast, it's gonna rain here pretty soon, right? Or the dew and whatnot, the morning dew and moisture fog are gonna kind of dampen the stuff within a couple of days. But if you have a huge blaze like that and you live in a dry area, like Colorado, you need <laughs> you need to be checking that shit for a while. Now, the newly released body camera footage shows investigators interviewing a 12 Tribes member. Um, they're not identifying him yet because he hasn't been charged with a crime, but this was on December 31st, 2021 at the Yellow Deli on Pearl Street, Boulder. Now, there was definitely no fires being made up there yesterday, the man says in the body cam video. Days later, he told investigators about the fire on December 24th that he buried with a front-end loader. That conversation was on the phone. Quote, I have no idea what to say except we did that, he told investigators in the phone conversation. I'm not saying that's, that's what started it, but we want to make sure there's nothing that seems unclear. So they are cooperating, but they're not taking responsibility either. No, but there was some of the footage that definitely showed one of their barns like right near the start of the fire. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes on to say, even if it was... Uh, inadvertent or a mistake it's devastating to imagine he said so we really don't know what's going on. i don't think they're going to do anything uh with them as far in regards to this fire or whatnot but it just is interesting it's kind of a the biggest hopes was to try and drain their financials it's like if they can blame yeah. them for this fire if they can find a way but, to put them financially responsible for all the damage done yeah they can make a big crippling blow he, to this group here's the thing though andy it's like now in the time we live in, it's like you have access to information. Even if you live in this commune, right? You work at the Yellow Deli. Like, you, you don't get a lunch break. You can't sneak to the bathroom and look at a phone. Like, you can't go to a... I don't know. They still got internet cafes and shit? I don't know. You can go to the library. Go to the library. They got computers. You can go in there. To, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you're not allowed to research and learn shit. But this day and age, the group members that are left and the way that they've softened the beliefs and... Um, compromised their beliefs so much and the way that they've been able to learn the phrasing for every single thing they've come up with like the people in the group now i feel like you're not saving them if you take them out they want to be there yeah i think they want to be there and they have every right to be there as long as they're not hurting people but the it's just the children though, definitely right? they, hurting they, the children the, the kids who are born there and don't have a choice that is mm, that's the most heart-wrenching thing but at the same time like how is it any different in a lot of ways? I mean, aside from what's actually happening, but then you like wanting to homeschool your children. You know what I'm saying? Like you have almost complete control over your children's lives when you choose to do that. You know what I mean? You take away a lot of their influences. You have a lot of control over what influences they have. And everyone should have the freedom to do that. Yeah, but it's like but, the, the idea of then it's like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. But then you're not beating them for four hours exactly. straight if they forgot to pick up their plate for or dinner. Or beating them before they're even old enough to be conscious of what they're doing. Yeah, to understand you're, you're the language. You're beating them before they can walk. Before they can speak. Before yeah. they can understand. Before they can, they can't, yeah. They're not even comprehending this. So, so yeah, it's the uh, it's the constant state of violence and control and the like repetitive violence to try and control them is that's where, where the, the consistent issues revolve around them. So Exactly, exactly. Well, guys, that's it. That's uh, everything we could dig up on this 12 Tribes cult. I honestly, they just caught my attention because I was just shocked that a cult this prominent, I guess, with this many 
controversial things in their past is still trucking and trucking right here in North Carolina, um, in Vermont, all up and down the East Coast, honestly, in America, you know, Southwest, California. There, I don't know if there's a region of the U.S. right now that's that doesn't have these guys. Um, and like I said, they're in Spain, they're in Germany, they're in France. Uh, their, their word has gotten out there. You have to give them that, but still only 3000 members worldwide. But I mean, if all those people were in one place, they could cause quite a, quite It'd a stir, a, right? Quite a big Jonestown right there. Quite a stir. But, uh, yeah, guys, uh, we hope this one wasn't too bad to listen to. We know there was, you know, a lot of, uh, child abuse and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, the, the mistreatment, the racism, uh, the home, the homophobic attitudes, like, yeah, that stuff is still alive and well. People, be careful out there. Um, you know, if you eat at the Yellow Deli, just remember know, where that money's going. Know what you're supporting, I guess. Remember I, where that money's going. Yeah, I, it's it's always. But yeah, a lot of people don't care, man. There, there are YouTube videos where people are going out and interviewing people in the towns, and they're like, "Have you eaten at the Yellow?" They're like, "Oh yeah, I love the Yellow Deli. They're so sweet." And they're like, "Have well, do you know anything about the group?" They're like, "Well, there's rumors that they're a cult or whatever." Like they don't even believe. Like, it's a good sandwich. Let me alone. It's a good yeah. Reuben, okay? Let me alone. Uh, apparently. <laughs> it's a apparently. real good sandwich. Yeah, apparently they like the place, man. Um, it, it's got kind of like a Mellow Mushroom vibe, which I do love Mellow Mushroom. Apparently they're out there. It's like a cafe that's also open really late. And the college kids like 24 hours. Late. Yeah. There we go. 24 hours? Yeah, you can come here anytime. Hang exactly. out at the cafe. How convenient. How convenient. Well, all right, Andy. That's pretty much it. Uh, before we get into the advertisers, man, you want to do a little Andy dote? I do not today, guys. You do I, not I, want to do an antidote. I am not that right now. Me, right? I do you not fired. tonight. I will bring you one you tomorrow, are, guys. I have uh, got to get out of tomorrow? here. Tomorrow? We're not recording tomorrow. <laughs> I will bring you one next week. I do not have one this week. We've had some uh, had some issues before we go. Uh, I, think, uh, I think as soon as we get I just want to put you on the spot, I honestly. think as soon as we get off this recording, I might be going to the emergency room because I may have broken my fa- my fingers before we got on the mic. So yeah, uh, I have to admit, you've been a true professional. I am sweating in a pile right here. So I'll let you, you guys know. No, but I think we may be going to the emergency room. You barely look like you're in pain. Um, Okay, so we'll make this quick, real quick, guys. Uh, This episode, as well as every episode, brought to you by Oh My Gaia, an innovative all-natural deodorant fragrance and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. And at Oh My Gaia, of course, they use all-natural paraben and aluminum-free organic ingredients. Guys, Especially, man, you definitely don't want to be putting paraben and aluminum in your armpits. Don't be doing that shit no more. You want it all natural, and there's a scent for you, I promise. Vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber, pear, sweet pea, sailor, barbershop, and our very own true crime pine. One of my favorites. All edible. <laughs> not, not recommended, though. Uh, and there's also scented oils and beard oils that you can get in those scents as well. And because you're True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word Creeper for 15% off your order. That's C-R-E-E-P-E-R for 15% off at shop underscore oh my guy on Instagram or ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com, guys. You will not regret it. Give them a shot. There's a link below every single episode. Uh, a lot of times we'll share their promotions and whatnot on our Instagram, uh, on Instagram story at True Crime Guys. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at True Crime Guys, Facebook, all that good stuff. And of course, if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe, uh, tell your friends so you'll know about every episode. And of course, we have Strange and Unexplained coming out on Mondays as well on YouTube. So if you're on there, you're getting two shows a week now. So 
We, uh, what else can we do, right? What else can we do? We'll be releasing a new Spotify album pretty soon. We had some issues with a, um, a, uh, what do you call them? A, uh, licensing dis- kind dis- of thing? No, it's like a, the distribution company that we were using. We had some issues, uh, misunderstood some terms. And so I canceled all that shit with them, but I am going to re-release all of the, uh, intros and stuff and favorite intros and songs that we've written over the years for True Crime Guys on a new album and they will be available on Spotify and iTunes and wherever you listen, YouTube music, even Instagram, uh, TikTok, all that stuff. So that stuff will be out soon. Guys, listen for that. Of course, if you want more right now and you're caught up, there's always patreon.com slash true crime guys, where for just two bucks a month, you can get access to every Patreon exclusive we've ever done, as well as our 51st episodes that are in the vault on the five dollar tier you can get access to everything we've ever done every just the banter remember that show andy i do remember that we're not doing just the banter anymore uh but you can get here every just the banter we're well over 100 episodes of just the banter on there uh there's episodes of higher thoughts there's strange shorts uh and andy used to do that which is basically what we turned into headlines and shenanigans now which we will see you for in two weeks next week we'll be back with another regular true crime guys episode and then it'll be headlines and shenanigans here on the free platform and patreon for you patreon listeners all right anything else andy i do not think so guys thanks for joining us on this this next little cult thing we'll be back next time with maybe some more gritty more crime related things Mm -hmm. we got some more cults coming too we do let's go ice that finger bro thank you all right see you guys keep creeping bye Oh my god.